What up, everybody? Welcome to the Bourbon Buzzed and Ballin' Podcast. We are your hosts, Colby and Dutt, and we're happy you're making it for our show tonight. We have uh, football, football, and more football, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's about, uh, maybe throw in a little bit of basketball. We'll, we'll talk there. but uh, we'll, cover, we'll cover some topics tonight, but thanks for joining us. Um, it's episode 28 for us. That's right, 2-8. 2-8, rolling along. Um, we appreciate everyone joining in, and, and uh, let's break into it, man. All right, yeah, well, as always, we like to start our show off with the opening toast. And I didn't really, you know, wasn't anything real exciting happening last week, so I was digging around for a toast, and I was like, "Yeah, nobody, nobody real yeah, no, big yeah, out there, no yeah, news or nothing, you know, uh, no, no lifelong accomplishments or anything like that." No. So you've been giving my boy Kayvon the goat. No, you've been giving my boy Uh-oh. Kayvon Thibodeau hell the last two weeks. So I'm gonna toast Michael Strahan because <laughs> he put an end to that. Twitter beef. He he tweeted out to to Mr. Staley, "Don't go after a rookie in my kicker. I had two and a half sacks on you your rookie year, and I was old at that point. Oh. So don't forget that. Let my young guy live." <laughs> so Strahan came out the back, old Kayvon Thibodeau, because once a giant, always yeah. a giant. Well, the old buck. Backing up the young buck. Huh? <laughs> well, you know, he's kind of a mentor to Thibodeau. I got you. So he's just but kind no, of I protecting him. I had to bring that up. That's not really my toast. We all know who's getting toasted tonight. The one and only. The GOAT. Tom finally decided to well, hang he, it up. We think. Yeah. Second retirement. Oh, uh, Gronkowski even was uh, picking on him like that. Welcome to, to the two-time retirement club. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, a good, it was a good announcement. You know, he... He alluded to the fact that you know you only get one to <laughs> to, to be able to cry about, right? And be teary, but he he did get choked up there on the sand. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was uh, uh you know, I, I kind of I didn't really know what to expect to be well, honest I, with you. I, I, I think I think it was time. I think you know you don't want to go out just struggling. Yeah, just struggling you know where us. where the you know you just fell off the cliff. You know. Although. He didn't play bad this year. No, he's still – that's what I'm saying. I mean, he's still playing – I won't say at an elite level, but he's still playing at a NFL starting quarterback caliber oh level. Yeah. He's still a he's still a top ten quarterback at 45. I mean, mm. he's still in my top ten. Yeah, maybe in that 10 to 15 range because you yeah. got a lot of up-and-coming young studs nowadays. But – but I mean, but he's to be still delivering the, the upper, ball on to, time. Yeah, and, and to be in the upper half of of the league, uh, you know, at forty five, that's impressive. That's a hell of an accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's time. I'm, I'm glad. I, I, I do. I, I've enjoyed you know watching him, and I've you know I'm I've always been a Brady fan. I don't. Right. I never have bought it. Didn't have nothing to do with where he went to school. Not really, you know. I mean, it might have influenced it a, <laughs> a little bit. bit. You know, it made it easier to really like well, him. Well, I've, I've never been a, a fan, so to speak, but I've always respected what he's done and, and accomplished. I mean, you're talking a 23-year career. Right. Seven Super Bowl championships, five of which he was the MVP. Three-time league MVP. And I think 15 Pro Bowls. Yeah, it's the statistics. I didn't even write any statistics yeah, down. Yeah, and I, I want to say he was first team all pro three times and second team three times. So, I mean, 
it just goes on and on. The list right. of records that he holds. I mean, he holds every passing record pretty much, you know, completions, attemptions, touchdowns, yards. And then, of course, you got the, the skeptics that argue, well, you know, he did that over 23 years. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's another record in itself. Yeah, to be know, able to maintain yeah, your in this, body. In this day and age. Yeah, absolutely. This With the caliber of athletes yeah, that are out exactly. there trying to crush you every play. I think the one thing that, that stood out to me mostly, you know, is I've never quite understood the detractors, the haters that, I mean, I get it, you know, mo- a lot of a lot of people hate a team that's on top. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just natural. If it's, if it's, top or, it's uh, not your team yeah, and they're constantly beating your team, right? you know. But, was, if, but if you go back through his career, you know, and, and if you watch his, I guess, his final hurrah you know you watch the the players just sprinting to midfield oh, yeah. to get a piece of him and everybody wanted a piece of him including his own you know own players the people that you know he worked beside and played against you know greatest athletes in the world in my opinion and mm-hmm. they just wanted a piece of him you know i think that speaks a lot about brady oh, the yeah. person yeah, the person that he was he's definitely on the football field super high field. yeah super competitor you know like Jordan, you know, them two maybe more so than anybody I can think off the top of my head as far as just that competitiveness uh, and that drive and that pushing in every play of practice, you know, make practice so hard the games are easy type of mentality. Right. So, yeah, no, I mean, he's – And he's going to join the Fox crew? Yeah, but he's not He's not going to do anything until next season. You know, that right. he's not going to be a part of the Super Bowl. Right, right. Telecast I look like forward that. to hearing him. So, yeah, he's already under contract. Um, I think it's Fox. I, I think it is Fox. Um, but, yeah, I know he's under contract to uh, yeah. to go straight to – to. I guess, you know, they, they may use him in the studio. They may use him in the, in the booth. Maybe right. a little bit of – you know, he might be – there, Kirk Herbstreet does a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, it'd be, be cool to for, see him. For what they're paying, they better use him a lot. Yeah, what was it, 250, 250 uh, it something million? Something like that. It was, it, yeah. was, it was ridiculous. It was way up there. But, you know, that's the one thing about Brady is, as a player, he was always team first. He left a lot of money on the table right. in his football career yeah. because he didn't want – to get paid that that ridiculous amount of right. money that then they didn't have any exactly. they couldn't fill other positions. Exactly. So that's another quality that you have to respect of. There's so many there's so many more qualities. I mean, I, I just I don't want to sound like a fanboy, but golly, <laughs> I mean he just he was good for he's just good for the game. He was good for the game. He was a good ambassador. Mm-hmm. The players loved him, you know. So anyway, incidentally, you know, you know the did you hear about the story about the sand? The, you know, I mean, he, I know he did his retirement announcement he did on his, the beach. So he does his retirement from the, from the beach. Yeah. Some young lady, pretty smart, pretty smartly, ran out onto the beach, <laughs> found where he was at. And scooped up some scooped sand. Scooped up the sand, and it's currently on eBay for $99,000 with like 14 bids. No way. Absolutely. 99000 99K is the last I saw. And they look like she no, had... Full of their money are soon to be part. Yeah, multiple, multiple mason jars of it. 
How do they? How do they know that that's well, legit? She, she was first, so so hers is legit because she actually did a video, and she did the video from where he was at, and she she matched it up perfect with the backdrop, and you could see it in the sand. It was, and then she scoops it up. Now there's a bunch of duplicates coming because there's been other people found the spot right. and scooped it, but she was first, and hers are. I mean, she's gonna make six figures on his sand. That's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty amazing on her behalf. But and it's stupid. It's pretty pathetic that well, somebody's willing to pay six figures it, for anything. I mean, just because he stood on that sand or kneeled or sat or whatever. Pretty smart though. I gotta give it to her, man. That was pretty damn. I mean, ingenious. I could see paying the you know a hundred thousand for the jersey he wore in his last game. But not the stinking sand he stood on to to announce his retirement. That's crazy. You know how bad that mason jar is gonna smell too when you open it. <laughs> Have you ever? You never see. I've brought, I've scooped some no, some Gulf I've Coast never. sand. I know that's illegal, but scooped some Gulf Coast sand. Hypothetically, and it, <laughs> and hypothetically brought it back to some people. This was prior years ago when nobody had ever heard of right. the Gulf Coast hardly around here. Everyone went to other other beaches. Man, it stank so bad. It was it was just really bad. Anyway, I thought that was funny. All right. Anything else you want to mention about your your man crush? No, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy listening to him in the booth. It's time. He's done enough. I would love to have seen him go out with one more bowl, but you know it's. Yeah, like I said, I think I said it a couple episodes ago. I wish he would have retired after that Tampa Super Bowl, and then he really would have rode off into this. But I I think he would have then not. I, had a couple of these records that he was able to accomplish. So anyway, you know, as long as he's did it the way he wanted to do it, that's yeah, all that matters. He, he seemed he seemed like he was pretty set on this one, you know. I, yeah. I don't think we ever felt like he was really it was so weird last year. Yeah. Never felt like the end last year. But this one just felt he looked he looked like he had realized where he was at. Yeah. So right, with Tom Brady. Yes, sir. And the goat, Michael Strahan. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, to Tom Brady. TB12. Cheers for the, all you've accomplished. Yep. Woo. What you sipping on tonight? I have uh, I've gone against the grain a little bit. I, Did you go outside the box? I went outside the box, man. I brought in some Irish whiskey. Okay. Yeah, it's Tullamore Dew. It's good, man. It's a... It's a Really good, smooth drinker. Um, I got introduced to it by a friend down in Florida when I was on vacation a while back, and and um, we got to change the name of the show now. <laughs> no, I think we'll <laughs> stick with the bourbon theme, man. I think ultimately, but I know I was just trying to branch out a little bit. But it's good. It's a good sipper, man. A little, bit, a little bit lighter in color. Yeah, it's got some. It's got some good bourbon quality to it. You know, I mean, some similar bourbon quality. So yeah. How about you? What you got? Well, I went with one of my favorites, but there's a reason. Uh, this is chicken cock. But the reason I went with the chicken cock is because, and help me with the name here, but PGA golfer Kevin Kisner, Kisner? Kisner. Kisner. So he is partnered with Grain and Barrel Spirits, hmm. who owns chicken cock. Oh, okay. So he's going to be... Rocking that logo. Oh, good for Chicken Cock, Yeah, he's going to be rocking that logo on his sleeve. We've been promoting Chicken Cock on this show for yeah. for weeks now. So, you know, I feel like we were 
you know, I watch a lot of uh, TikToks right. and bourbon tastings, and we were ahead of the curve on, on chicken, the chicken cock because there's been a lot of pretty higher up bourbon shows that have started talking about chicken cock. Right. So that's good. Well, and I, you know, anytime somebody asks me for a uh, recommendation, recommendation, that's one of the first ones that I tell them. So yeah, so yeah, when I when I saw that, and if it wasn't for um, Brady's retirement. Kevin would have Kevin would have been my toast. I, I actually have it kind of listed under my toast, and I knew we would we always talk about what we're sipping on. So I was like, well, I'll save his recognition mm. for when when we talk about what I'm sipping on. But yeah, he's four time tour winner. Yeah, uh, he's a good good player. Currently thirty first. Little. Say, you say it was Kisner? Kisner. Kisner. Kevin Kisner. Yeah, he's kind of a smaller dude, man. He's he gonna have to start being my favorite small dude. Yeah, he cranks it out there. I've actually, I've actually been right on hit, right on the tee box with him. Okay. He cranks it out there. Yeah, yeah. Now I, I thought that was kind of cool. Might yeah. have to get one of his uh, polos with the, with the with the chicken, chicken cock logo, logo on it. So yeah, I was, I found that interesting when I come across <laughs> that article. I thought you would too. So, so all right. Yeah, let's, let's move on into the scumbag, yeah, let's, man. Let's go from the, the good to the bad. And, well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just say up front, I ain't got nothing, man. I I mean, I felt like there was some some potentials out there, and, and we'll, we'll yeah, come I mean, back yeah, and around on there them. There weren't any really just super scummy ones. So, it, it you yeah. know, I, I was kind of the same way. You know, uh, there's a lot of these shock jock media types right now. You're Cowherds, your Shannon Sharps, a few other the the crew on get up on ESPN. That you know now that Brady's retired, they're all trying to get listeners and clickbaits and by saying, "Oh, Brady's not the goat." You know, he, yeah, he wasn't the best best regular season quarterback. That was Peyton Manning. He wasn't the best postseason quarterback. That was Joe Montana. You know, the only reason he's accomplished so much is because he played so long and. I mean, it's just you know they're just they're just trying to stir the pot, right, and get right. get the attention on Click, them. Clickbait. <coughs> Excuse me. So you know that's 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 a scumbag move to me. Is the way that the media they just try to get a rise out of people. They don't they don't report the facts anymore. No, it's I I, I quit. Um, I canceled my serious subscription because I got I didn't even want to listen to that bullshit they were spewing on ESPN Radio anymore. So I don't even, I let it go. Sometimes it's best, man. You know, you start listening into everybody's show. Like I'm, I'm a huge Feinbaum fan, man. Mm-hmm. But he he rolls like the ocean, man. <laughs> you just never know, you know. And he he one at one point he's a lap dog for for Alabama and Saban, and then on the, at the very next show he's turned full circle and 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 that's I used hate. to I used to like to listen to Feinbaum too, but. Just that back and forth, and it's almost being two-faced, you know. It's not really two-faced, but it's, it's similar to it, you know. It's, it's like, close, I'm just going to jump on whatever side either gets me the most controversy or the most praise, you know. Right, it's like, right. I'm just going to keep changing my opinion, you know. Yeah, based on the current event and, and the current, you know, the current feeling of the audience right. that's listening. You know, yeah. what kind of audience you want to pander to. And that's that's all they do. Rather than stick behind a coach in a program and defend the pro you know, the coach when he 
takes a stand. I've just never understood it. But, right, right. You know. And then, uh, you know, another – you know, I talked about Tom Brady being the ultimate team-first guy. Well, the complete opposite of Tom Brady would be Kyrie Irving because mm. he is the ultimate me-first yeah. uh, player. You know, he got traded again. Well, actually, I don't think it's been made official yet, but the preliminary talk is he's been traded to the Dallas Mavericks. So, he's basically – this is his fourth team. And each team he gets on, he, he wears out his welcome in a couple of years and then requests a trade. Right. And, uh, you, know, ha- you know, he basically turns his back on Kevin Durant, you know. It's like, let's go to New York. Or the, yeah, New York, the Nets. And uh, pair up with Durant. And- yeah, and then let's bring in Harden. And then they ran him out of town. Let's bring in Simmons. I mean, it's you can't trust the guy. No, no. And there's no loyalty. I can't, you know, he's, he's, he, if you, if you, uh, looked up the definition of, uh, locker room cancer, <laughs> it's his face. Yeah. It's his face. Yeah. I mean, I honestly can't think of anybody else in every, you know, all the, all the bad guys in sports, you know, you think about through the years and, his face, he's the hes the poster child for locker room cancer. But he's so talented, the team's put up with it. No, but I just, man, this day and age, to me, you know, he, he's not. I mean, is he that talented? Yeah, I mean, I, mean I know he's got handles, but. Well, I, mean, I think he's also averaging about 27 points a game. Man, I just it, don't. When he plays, I mean, if he's not. not worth it, man. It's not worth it. You got Luka. Is he going to well, help Luka? That's what some of them are saying. Luka's going to ask for a trade, you know, because Kyrie's going to come in there. and. I mean, Luke, Luka's a better player gonna, than Kyrie. They're going to be butt heads, and then Luka's going to want out, shipped out of town. And Yeah, it's – I mean, he – for lack of a better term, he's he's very eclectic, you know, anti-Semitic. The world is flat, anti-vaccine, which, you know, that's fine if you don't – want to get vaccines or anything but you know him trying to become the face of it you know nobody right. asked you to do that you're you're supposed to be honoring your your teammates and playing and so it's just you know so much stuff with going on with him that I don't know I when I when you say the word eclectic I think of cool you know eclectic to me is somebody that's kind of cool they do well, they they march to the beat yeah, of their like own I drum said, I get what you're like saying like I said it, that might not be the exact no, word I, I mean eclectic is kind of having these far off opinions and no, you're def- going you're, against the masses yeah your definition's correct I mean I just I just all, have always just felt yeah, like, I mean there's cool and eclectic people and then there's scumbag eclectic scumbag people. eclectics he falls Kyrie, under that second category. You're a scumbag eclectic. That's a new term. Yeah, we'll have to change the scumbag slide. Scumbag eclectic. What else you got? You... So yeah, that's, uh, well, you know, another one, which we haven't even talked about, uh, Alabama, with their their new hires. But Tim Brown, he's all butt hurt that Alabama stole the Notre Dame offensive coordinator. So now right. he's he's – Call him. Called him out. Oh, he he didn't. He, his He's offense vanilla. was predictable. Right. Hell, I, one time I was going to go knock knock on the, the press box and take the headphones and start calling the plays myself. I mean, just well, get in the get in the get in the game. Do it, Timmy yeah. Brown, yeah. get in the game, man. But yeah, I mean, it's it's such sour grapes that. But yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I saw I saw that. I saw that. I didn't. You know, I I was gonna 
I was going to bring that up and when we get into talking right. about the assistance. But yeah, that's kind of a, that's kind of a cheap shot, you know, at Tommy Reese. Yeah. You know, he wasn't he wasn't exactly dealing with a plethora of athletes. Well, it's on the funny, you know. Side and, yeah, and and Reese is so bad that when Kelly went to LSU, he tried to take him with him. Right. When Saban started saying that he was interested in him, Notre Dame said, "We're going to match whatever offer." But the guy sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Guy sucks, but everybody wants him. Right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, now, but basically my my scumbags were Kyrie and and then the media that the, the same the same characters, Cowherd, uh Shannon Sharp, Skip Bayless, the morning crew on ESPN. And, all they want to do is just throw shock shit out there. Steve, Stephen A. and Jay Will got in a big argument. I, I saw today. that, over, and I think that was over the Kyrie It incident. was, it was. I didn't even, you know, I saw the headline, I, and I didn't even bother. I was like, I, I don't even care what. And, and was, actually, Jay Will, of all the morning guys, I, I, I probably have the most respect for him as far as he usually does keep it real. He, he's not like a Stephen A that's a loud mouth that's trying to speak over everybody and you know right. make his agenda be the only agenda that's out there. Yeah, yeah, they they legitimately got got heated in that one, but I didn't I didn't really follow up with that that right. story either. It just yeah. happened yeah. today, so. All right. Well, let's move on and uh, let's come in hot and just talk about Whatever you feel like talking about. Well, I guess uh, let's make it a Bama show tonight. Mostly, we, I mean, we already started talking about the 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 OC hire. Yeah, which I mean, Tommy what, Reese from Notre Dame. What you think? Well, it's funny because your couch potato fan they're looking for those wow the names they know, and when somebody got when. A coach goes out and hires somebody that they're not familiar with. It, it's terrible. Hot. And then they just look at, well, what was the stats? Oh, they only scored 31 points a game. He sucks. We need somebody, you know, a Browse or a, a Riley that's scoring 45 points a game. Right. Well, you got to look. You got to take each situation for what it is. You know, what did he have to work with at Notre Dame? I think he was on his third string quarterback last season. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And just like I just said earlier, an overall lack of of weapons. Yeah, you know, I mean, he had the tight end. Offensive talent. He had a first round tight end. That was about it. And that was it. And I mean, he legit uses, you know, 12 personnel a lot. So, well, and that's why the offense was vanilla because there was only one guy to go to, and they tried to go to him at every play. I mean, right. if you don't have four or five guys, you can spread the wealth around too. Yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, you know, I, I, I think, I think Coach Saban is is maybe trying to get back to some roots, you know, with these with these two choices. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And it feels to me like, and, and I'm I'm gonna always defer to, to Coach Saban because he's the goat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Who, who are we to who am I to guess. second guess him for sure? I mean, there, he, I would second guess him all day long if there was reason. How many times has he lost more than two games in a season at, at Alabama? Exactly. So I'm I'm thinking he's like a step ahead of things, even with the Kevin Steele hire. But back back to Tommy Reese. I mean, he's very run heavy. Sixty one percent run. 39 pass. 
And so it kind of reminds me of that old Bama murder ball back in the, right. you know, 2009 through 15 yeah. age where we were just pounding people to death. And then the game kind of changed a little bit, went quicker, went faster, spread them out. And, Trent and Richardson, Eddie Lacy, Derrick Henry, Josh Mark Jacobs, Ingram. Mark Ingram. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so we kind of, you know, we, we've talked about this a lot. Like, where is the, the running back screen game? Mm-hmm. We used to kill people. I mean, we've won huge games off of running back screens. Yeah, yeah. Trent Richards, uh, Yeldon, TJ Yeldon, Yeldon, Derek Henry. LSU. Yeah, I mean, we've, you know, won a tre- tremendous victories off of the running back screen game, which we've gone away from. So, I kind of think this kind of brings us back. And, I mean, he's he's young. I like it. He's a quarterback. You know, he's got the ability to come in and tutor our young well, quarterbacks. And, and also what people don't realize is he's not bringing Notre Dame's offense. He's right. going to still run Alabama's offense. Exactly. But he's going to add so he's gonna, some of his other dynamics too. Sure. So and he's going to take some stuff. He's going to take the offense because Coach Saban ain't going to make those kids – Relearn a whole new offense. Right. He's going to take what he's got and he's going to tweak it and fine tune it and make make it better. It. And plays that are in the playbook that Bill O'Brien never called last year, he's going to probably use a lot of those plays and get the team good at that. That's one thing you know I was reading about him is every year he didn't try to fit the players hmm. to his playbook. He he tweaked his playbook to fit the players. Right, to whatever skill set. So he's going to take, on. you know, because Alabama's got a huge playbook that, you know, a little bit of Lane Kiffin, a little bit of Sark, a little bit of Dable. Right. Uh, you know, so th- there's a vast amount there, and he's going to find the plays that this team can execute the best, and that's what he's going to call. Yeah, no, I, I like it, man. I like, and I, I think it's pretty unique that he went. He went old and young. You know, mm-hmm. he went young on the offensive side because the offense has changed and it's always changing. But I think, you know, he's seeing a little bit defensively, you know, Georgia last year, you know, they they won largely off of defense. Yeah, they're still winning so, basically with with yeah, not allowing ori- people to move the ball. The original Alabama defense, which right. was basically a combination of Saban, Steele, and smart. Yep. And that's exactly. what he's trying to get back to. And I think that's what brings brings Steele back yeah. full circle. Yep. And it'll be interesting because, you know, in digging deep into this, you know, this uh you know, I know there's talk about Jeremy Pruitt, you know, that he still wants to bring Pruitt in and but there's a lot of there's a lot of red tape yeah, and I mean, hurdles with Pruitt, but I, I saw something today that said he might be open to be able to come back as an analyst after August 1st. Right. But then I also saw another uh, allegation come out against Tennessee today from Pruitt's tenure there of speaking to a player. They were gauging interest between the player and Tennessee before the kid actually entered the portal. So... You know, yeah, there's too much There's too baggage. much baggage with Pruitt. Yeah, if you me. want to have him behind the scenes as an analyst. I don't and, even and know pick his brain, I, I even want him associated. sniffing around the program. Yeah. Really. An employee of the program. Indulge me on this a minute. So, 
just a just a month ago, we bring in Austin Armstrong from Southern Miss, mm-hmm. the linebacker coach for Bama, but mm-hmm. he was DC mm-hmm. for Southern Miss. Yep. Now I've read some interesting stuff today about him that potentially he's going to be the DC the next in Smart. waiting. Yeah, because I, I'm thinking, you know, I'll tell you a few things. So he 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 improved Southern Miss thir- to 38th overall nationally. That was up 18 slots from the previous year. Mm-hmm. He was second nationally in fumbles recovered on the defense, six nationally defensive touchdowns, and fourth nationally in red zone D, all the while at Southern Miss, where obviously there's a, a lot less talent there than at Alabama. Right. So I really like I really like the the, the thought process here if I'm if I'm giving if I'm thinking this is what Saban's doing, is he's bringing him in and he wasn't thinking he was quite ready yet to be the he full need, D.C. He, he, he can learn under Kevin Steele for it's, a couple it, years. It's basically the same thing he did with Kirby Smart. Yes, exactly. You know, Steele was, was Saban's first defense coordinator and Kirby was the linebacker coach. Right. That lasted one year. Yep. Then Kirby, the next year, became the defense coordinator. And I can't remember the title they gave Steele associate head coach or something like that. Yeah. Um, he, and no, players, he was a player development, player development and, uh But uh, so I think this – I agree with you. I th- and I think that's what a lot of the fans are sleeping on is Steele's not there to be the long-term answer at D.C. Uh-huh. Steele's in there to mentor Austin Armstrong. And Ar- so. Austin, the future of Alabama could be – Armstrong on defensive side and Reese offense. You got two young that are highly thought of yeah. wizards and uh, wizards in training. Yes, wizards in training. Yep. I mean, I, Austin man, the, what he did there, and, the, and he did have a stint with UGA too. Yeah, he was at UGA under Kirby Smart. Yeah. And I think you know we talked a lot about Schumann and. I almost think that maybe a little bit of Nick's pride might have kept that from happening, and that's where Armstrong comes in. Rather, you know, he probably sees him as a Schumann, mm-hmm. and rather than oh, you had to go poach a coach from Kirby, you know, Nick's the one that likes to right get poached from. He doesn't like to do the poach. Yeah, he likes the the, the coaches to come from his tree right not so, vice versa so i think you know he i don't you know we, we never heard that he even reached out to Schumann. no i mean all you hear is hearsay you yeah. know georgia fans think that you came in and sw- swung three times and missed right. on Schumann, but that there's nothing saying he offered jim leonard the job there's nothing saying he offered Schumann the job well, there's nothing that that that, that grub from yeah. washington i actually don't think there was an offer i think grub Wanted to completely bring his offense, and no, Saban was bringing an OC that's going to run Saban's offense with with some tweaks, and is going to be a good play caller. Right. Which was one thing I don't think Bill O'Brien was. We've we've had right. that discussion because you got to you got to run plays in the first quarter to set up what you're going to run in the third quarter. I mean, I I think Bill O'Brien had twelve plays in his playbook that he was comfortable <laughs> and, and calling. Six of them were wide receiver screens. Yeah, that he was comfortable. He had six hundred plays in his book. Exactly. But I think he only had 
10 plays highlighted, and that was pretty his, much His it. play sheet was smaller than Leach's. <laughs> it's embarrassing, man. But uh, but he was a good coach. He is a good coach. He's a good coach. And, uh, I think he's I think he's a better pro coach than he, than he is. Pete Golding is a good defensive coordinator. Right. But I think Pete Golding, you know, lacked in being that – I don't know. It was there was something missing in our defense. We we lacked that fire that that around the football opportunistic making turn no you know, turnovers. Our turnover. Our, you yeah. know our turnover margin last year was atrocious. I think Golding was too scared to to screw up. Hmm. That he didn't take chances. wasn't aggressive. He didn't want to ask chewing on the side. And sideline. I don't think he was good at making adjustments on the fly. Yeah, no, I don't think so. So I think Saban had to make all the adjustments at halftime for for him. Yeah, for it, sure. it, you know, it, it's but hard I, for the head coach to do that during the game because right. he's got he's got offense and defense. Sure, going on. special teams and yeah. managing the clock. It's it's a whole big big deal. No, I, I like Golding, man. I I was I was a little I was a little you know scared when he when he. When he took a lateral job, I thought that might be telling in itself. But well, I think that was um, I think that was Nick. Yeah, I do too. Now, I mean, I definitely think that was a mutual like, "Hey, yeah, buddy, I, think, I don't think you're gonna." Yeah, um, I might be considering somebody else, so you might want to consider looking somewhere else. Yeah, no, I like I like it. I mean, I think Coach Saban's got. I think I really think he's got Austin Armstrong kind of. Pegged as the next DC young mm-hmm. DC that's going to be able to come in and take the reins after maybe a year or two of some. Well, I mean, he hired him before he hired a DC. Mm-hmm. He that's how bad he wanted that that young man. So yeah, that was his first hire, and uh, I mean that speaks volumes. That sure. and I'm sure he was given some promises. I mean, well, he, that's what he, I was going to say. He, he had to have been told, hey, I think I think he got potential to to move into the, the D.C. spot. position-wise, he t- took a step back. You know, he went from D.C. to just a position coach. Right, yeah, exactly. But I... He I, probably I, took a raise, though. Yeah, oh, yeah I'm sure he... D.C. at Southern yeah, Miss. Yeah, he probably doubled his paycheck. Linebacker at Alabama. Yeah, he but. probably doubled his paycheck, and I'm sure Nick told him that, you know, hey... Come in here, learn my my ways, learn the process, learn the system, and then in a year or two, I'm gonna hand you the keys to the defense. Yeah. So. Well, that's that's what I'm living on. That's that's what I've reconciled myself with all these moves. Right. You know, I know we were all kind of wanting some splash hires, but honestly, I, I really think. Coach Saban's playing chess. I mean, he's making some. He always some, has. Some he's always had. He's always been one move ahead one of everybody move else. Ahead, man, and I, I really believe that. So I, I'm, I'm happy. I hope the whole Bama fan base is, is happy with with these new coaches. I know the large majority, were ready for Golding and O'Brien to be it's, gone. But. And and it's kind of like when you're watching the NFL draft and you got a high first round pick and your team takes a offensive lineman. You yeah, know, it's not that, sexy. It's not sexy, but you know what? It's gonna make your team better because you got to build from the inside out. But a lot of fans are like, "Oh, I was wanting Joe Namath, you know, or Patrick Mahomes, whoever." But they want that flashy. But it, it's not always about flashy. Yeah, no, I, I I'm all for getting back to that that 
grind them down, wear them out. Probably, and, and probably about halfway into the season, everybody's going to be like, I told you they were going to be good coordinators. Right. I, I want, that's exactly who I wanted them to have. Oh, yeah, there's always those. But we're, <laughs> the difference between you and me and a lot of them is we're recorded. That's right. We got we evidence. We're recorded now, so there's <laughs> evidence to our – That says that we are all board with Coach Saban – and these hires. Well, we are buffoons and make some serious poured calls. Yeah. But so far, we've been pretty accurate on a lot of predictions. We so, have. We have. Um, and uh, one one prediction we were we were accurate on was uh, D'Amico Ryan's going to the Texans, even though that's really who I wanted at Bama. There, there but was, I knew that was never yeah, happening. I knew that was zero chance that, that was happening. pie in the sky for but, sure. Uh, now, D'Amico yeah. at head coach. You know, if Coach Saban, when Coach Saban steps right. down, might have been a, might have been a pretty good idea. But, but know, I think he's an NFL guy. I just hope the Texans don't do him like they've done their last two or three coaches. You know, it's well, like, you know, O'Brien was a GM and well, the head coach. No, I'm, not, I'm talking about Lovey Smith, and I'm talking oh, yeah. about uh, who was the other guy before Lovey. But the last two after O'Brien, they each got one year apiece, and and that was it. And, uh, you know, they're not ready to win right now. So you got to give D'Amico and his staff time to develop some players. They've got some high picks. And yeah, they got to hit a home run in, in the draft for sure. I mean, they I don't think Davis Mills is definitely the the guy for them. Right. I think they got to hit a home run on the – the draft's going to be interesting. You know, I guess since we're moving into the NFL, the draft's going to be interesting this year. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of movement in the first, you know, five to seven picks. It's going to be very unpredictable. That's my prediction, is it's going to be more unpredictable this year than it has been with, with trades. I think it's going to be multiple movement. Yeah, could be. I mean, it, quarterbacks, man. You know, the Bears are sitting pretty with that number one overall and don't need a quarterback. And don't need a quarterback. So, they're, they're just going to be – that phone's going to be ringing off the hook and they're going – they got their choice. They're yeah. gonna have their choice now. Hope, you know, they got a new new course, president. And yeah. So the question is, is are they gonna are they gonna hit home runs on right. their picks? Of course, there's some good defensive talent that I wouldn't want to move too far back if I'm them. But yeah, so uh, D'Amico, I think D'Amico, I think he's gonna be a good one. I, I'm I'm hoping he's gonna be a great one because I'm so tired of hearing, you know, offensive minded head coaches, offensive minded head coaches. Well, here's a defensive. Mm-hmm. minded head coach that you know is going to is is hopefully going to be good and I really think Houston's got the the draft cap to actually be good quicker than right than if, expected like the Jags if if the if the owner will you know not be a Jerry Jones yeah yeah he needs to sit back and let the people he's hired do their job and be patient you got to be patient what about Sean Payton you think he's going to be a Quarterback whisper to Russell Wilson. Well, I mean, Russ is he's similar to Breeze, you know, in their stature and and kind of their 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 game, you know, the, the the quick quick passes and I could see him, you know, getting the most <coughs> excuse me getting the most out of Russell. I mean, he he truly he truly falls into the category of offensive genius, right? Um, so, so yeah, I think I think obviously that's a good hire. I, mean, I think it's a great hire for Russell. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Russell hit a home run on on them bringing in 
Sean Payton. Because if anybody's going to get him back to that elite level that he was at, it'll be Sean Payton. Yeah. So, yeah, it was definitely a good fit. I don't know about what they had to give up to get him. But uh, so basically, basically, they get, you know, they traded Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins for that first round pick. And then they traded that first round pick for Sean Payton. And I think maybe even a fourth or something like that. But essentially, I guess they traded Bradley Chubb for Sean Payton. Right. So, which is not terrible, but I mean. No, I mean, I. I kind of, I kind of, you know, I think we had this discussion on Chubb. You know, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't see Chubb as being totally elite. Mm-hmm. So, I think, uh, I think it's a good, I think it's a good. I mean, I can't imagine trading a, a, for a draft pick for a coach. Uh, yeah, that's that's, just, that, I think that's that the part that's weird to that's me. That's the but, part that is hard for me to wrap my head around. Is there's so many other candidates out there, and I, you know, it's only happened what three or four times. I think. Uh, Belichick was traded for picks. Uh, yeah, with the Jets to the back to the Patriots. Yeah, that one day, one day contract. I can't remember who who the other one was, but anyway, yeah, just uh, yeah, that's that's weird. It's just kind of weird trading <laughs> trading a draft pick for for a coach, but and Arizona still doesn't have a coach now. Arizona and Indy. And the funny thing is, uh, you know, the Giants had one good year, and their defense coordinator is a finalist for the Colts' job, and their offense coordinator is a finalist for the Cardinals' job. Hmm. They may lose both. They may have to do like Saban and hire a new OC and DC after, you know, just one year, which would kind of suck because, you know, they need to they need to build and get some consistency. And so I'm – the Giants fan in me is hoping they don't they don't get the jobs, but of course you also want what what's best for them sure. in, in their careers. Uh, of course, I don't, it it doesn't surprise me that Wink Martindale's getting interviews, but Kafka that was his first year as an OC. Yeah, because he was a QB's coach in in Kansas City. Right, he's he's risen through the ranks very quickly. Very quickly, so that kind of surprises me. Wink's Wink's an old head. Yeah, Wink's know, been so. around a long, and he's and he's from uh, he's used to that AFC. You know, so many years at the Ravens. Right. So I could see, of course, who knows what Ursay what he's going to do anyway. Uh, I did read today that they don't think that he's going to bring. Um, Saturday back, but uh, you never know with him. No, that was that was definitely a, a twist, a plot twist for sure. All right, well, let's wrap up uh, this portion of the episode uh, with a. I think you gave your Super Bowl prediction last week, but you sticking with that? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not changing anything, man. I. I mean, I. I think you know the keys still comes down to Mahomes' ankle. I haven't really looked at an update on some of the other Chiefs injuries. You know, I know uh, they're hurting at wide receiver. Yeah, I know at wide out they're hurting, and and Snead at DB I think is out. I think the Eagles are pretty healthy because yeah, I think the only one that was questionable was uh, Landon Dickerson, and he's playing. And he's playing. Yeah. So I think the Eagles are healthy. They're on a roll. They're going to be hard to beat. Yeah. No, I mean, Miko Hardman, I think, is officially out. And, and you know, we, and we looked earlier, and what was the line? Fifty and a half? Well, no, the line was one I mean, and the half. over-under. The over, line was one and a half. One and the over-under was like fifty and a half. Fifty and a half. So, they're expecting 
a close game, and I would say 50 and a half between those two teams, I would almost call that low scoring. That is low scoring. I mean, I mean, I I picked Philly 31 over KC at 20. Right, which so is that's, 51 that's points, 51. but that's still holding KC to 20 points. That'll be a challenge. Yeah, and I man. and I think right. if 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 KC can't score in the 30s, yeah, they're, there's they're done. Because I don't I don't think they'll keep Philly out of the they're 30s. They're going to struggle to to slow Philly down. Yeah. Because Philly can run, you know, the Philly, ball and Philly Philly can do whatever whatever your weakness is, they can exploit it. Yeah. Because they can be a running team, they can be a passing team, they can be an RPO team. And they got the coaching staff to exploit it. You know, they got a really good coaching staff. So, I just, I mean, I know there's, I know there's a lot of money being laid on on the Chiefs to cover, um, or to win outright. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't see it, man. I, just, I, I feel like, again, I'm gonna stick to my guns. I feel like, in the end, it's gonna be somewhat of a close game, and KC's never gonna really be out of it. But when the game is over, you're gonna be like, well. Philly was always in control. I don't think they were ever scared. Right. It's going to be one of them games to me. That's how I see it playing out. All right. Give us a a prop bet. Who? What player scores the first touchdown? Who you going with? Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Kelsey scores opening drive, man. I'm gonna have to go with the Reaper. The Reaper. I'm gonna have to go with Slim. All right. Well, I, I might even. I, I'm a. You know, I'm gonna be. Uh, at a casino this weekend, I might just have to put that bet down, put a little okay. money on it. No, I'm, I'm going Kelsey, Kelsey man. I say it's the, a safe pick. I say the Chiefs jump out seven nothing. That's a safe pick, and then it's Eagles from there. Okay. So you think Slim? Yeah, I might have to go with Devontae going to score first. You get you'll get a better payout on Devontae. Oh yeah, yeah. Kelsey probably is one of the highest, even, yeah, lowest, lowest odds as far as. Yeah, exactly. That or the kicker. Yeah, the, the last time I did that, I haven't placed, I haven't done that prop bet very often. But the last time, I want to say I put it on a tight end. I think I put it on OJ Howard, hmm. and it was Cameron Bray. Oh. So I had the position right, but I had the wrong player. I got you. So, so that means AJ Brown's gonna score the first yeah, touchdown. AJ Brown. <laughs> All right. Well, I got us. Uh, a good one tonight. We got the Colonel Taylor over there. I know Colonel Taylor. So uh, that'd be a first for both of us, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's a that's a definitely high. That's a, that's a unicorn. That's a unicorn around here. Yeah, it's a definitely allocated bourbon. You can't really find it in North Carolina. Right. So, uh, so I'm looking um, forward to it. Yeah, and just about anybody it. from East Coast, West Coast. Colonel Taylor's always high on the list, so. Yeah, yep. Yeah. That ought so, to be a good one. Yeah, so let's go over there and taste that, and then we'll rate, rate that, that shit. shit. See you at the bar. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.